It's the Phantom Family Podcast. Why, hello there, friends. I am Tori Phantom, here with my husband, Jimothy. Jimothy is me. And welcome to the Phantom Family Podcast. Welcome. Welcome. You're here. You're listening to us. Yes, you are. That's how you That's know. how podcasts work. Yeah, that's how podcasts work. Welcome. Hi. Hi. It's getting weird now. It's getting weird. It's Although getting we've weird. been weird. When was the first time I met you? Like August some years ago. 2014? Yeah, it's been getting weird since then. It's so. been getting progressively weird. Yeah, so why change anything? Yeah, let's just keep going with it. How was your week, Jim? My week was a week, that is for sure. I did have a nice four-day weekend. That yeah. was pretty uh, wonderful. It was a thing. We didn't do anything. It, it was your birthday. Well, we did and all that, see the dinosaurs. We did bring our kids to the. That's the, true. The, they the were dinosaurs. called dinosaurs. They were called dinosaurs. They did call them dinosaurs. We drove an hour. We we've been staying home since March 2020 for the most part. We have to be extra careful because we have a lot of risks in our home. And my sister-in-law sent me a link, and she said, "Hey." There's this cool thing just across the border into Indiana, and we can check out this dinosaur thing. You can you can bring the kids to see some dinosaurs. And I was like, well, that sounds fun, because it was a drive through Jurassic Adventure. And oh, yeah. It, that sounded super cool. It was only an hour drive. The price left a lot to be desired, but again, we haven't been doing much, and it was drive through So I was like, heck yeah, family yeah. day. So we pack the kids up, drive an hour. We get there, and... Uh, it wasn't really an adventure, uh, but it was so funny. This is what I like about it is that the littles actually really enjoyed it because to them, there was just cool dinosaurs. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, to our nine-year-olds and us, those dinosaurs left a lot to be desired, but we all share the same sense of humor. So although it was not enlightening, it was hilarious, and we drove through it twice, got some dinner, and drove home. To be fair, we drove through it the second time because I couldn't accident. figure out how to get out. So I was just like, you know Here what? We go again we paid for it we're going back on the safari again so that was pretty cool i did enjoy yes. that part of it the actual dinosaurs themselves it was a fun family time even if the thing we were seeing wasn't great and i think that's like a big takeaway just in general that i try to focus on is even if the thing we're trying to experience isn't as great as we wanted it to be if we're enjoying the time with the people we love it's worth it yeah, and we got some sweet swag, we some did. dinosaur swag we for thirty bucks. That wasn't digs. bad. Yeah, it was cool. That was, was pretty, pretty cool. I did enjoy that. I, I didn't mind the drive there. That really wasn't too. Jim bad. and I, we're road trip buddies. That's, we are road trip warriors. That's our thing. We we get closer every time we take a road trip together. That's, that's because you keep scooting soulmates. the seat closer to me. I do. I scoot it sideways because that's how cars work. It is in some cars. Really. Can we get one? I'd love to be closer. Well, one day when we have <laughs> a million batrillion dollars, sure. Okay. All right. One day That's we fair. have enough money, we'll pay someone to drive us around, and we'll just sit in the back seat together. Oh, that'd be fun. Yes, and we'll order champagne for you, can Mountain Dew for me. We could absolutely can get, pizza. get pizza. It's our limo, baby. We can get what we oh, want. Oh, it's a limo. I was imagining a minivan. Or a Bentley. You know what, though? If we got in the back of a minivan, they do got those flip-down visors for the, the right. DVD you players. Right, watch some TV. Oh, we could cool. watch. We could watch anything. Lady and the Tramp. We <sighs> dream really big around here. I just want people to drive <laughs> me around. That's all I've ever wanted. Yeah, I feel ya. I feel ya. So we haven't even really been doing much driving, honestly. We've well, been, as a family. 
That's true. You do a lot of driving as you work a few jobs. We drive once a week to bring our five-year-old to her occupational therapy, but otherwise, we're just home. We have been since March 2020. Sometimes I feel like I need therapy after I go to my occupation. Which <laughs> Maybe is my you job. do. I think everyone needs therapy. Anyway. <laughs> We've been doing that online school, so we're just kind of home. And this is this is going into our third year of virtual learning, but third not third year. year. It's it's like two total years. I don't it's know math. It's been eighteen months. It's been eighteen months, but it's it's the third grade worth of virtual learning we're doing here. And I, it was March twenty twenty. Our fourth grader was ending the second grade, and she's starting the fourth grade virtually. And I hope to eventually send her back. That's a great goal to have. I think. I think so. <laughs> But it just, you know, it made most sense for our family, and I feel very fortunate to be able to be home with them to do that. But I have been exhausted, Jimothy. That will happen. You know, you are a stay-at-home mom, and it's a lot harder than people think. I took the day off of work, and I did stuff for the kids for, like, I don't know, probably two hours, and I was exhausted. (laughs) Like. Hats off to you stay-at-home moms. I couldn't do it. And what he says, two hours, he he doesn't mean that that's all the time he spent with the kids. He's, he's a hands-on parent. It was uh, my birthday, and I took a few hours off during their school day. Yeah. And that was a little chaotic, I would say, for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was dad all day, but I was just teacher dad for just a couple hours. And I was like, I need to learn how to use this entire system before I can teach you how to spell the letter eight. That's a number. <laughs> As you can see, his brain's a little fried from Listen, virtual school. Listen, that too. that kindergarten work was tough on me, and it really it just yeah, it knocked it, something loose. It has been chaos because we switched school districts, so it's a different layout for virtual learning. But I think people who stayed in the same district, if their district offers virtual learning, it looks different for them too. Uh, you know, I think that this is the the biggest time that we're all working as a real team with the teachers through this virtual learning. Like, I have so much respect for my kids' teacher. She is incredible. She has all of the kids K through five from three districts, which sounds like a lot, but there's probably like less than 20 kids. That's just the families that opted for virtual. But it's a lot of different grade levels to teach and she's doing it in a half a day. And so there's a lot that's falling on parents. You know, it was a commitment to choose virtual learning. And I'm glad that I did it, but I have a lot to learn. And although I did pass the fourth grade 20 years ago, as it turns out, there is a lot that I forgot. And math is taught differently now. I graduated from fourth grade in 1995. I don't even think I was in school yet. You might not have been because you would have been two and a half years old at the time. Yeah, I wasn't in school yet. (laughs) You were probably still wetting your huggies. Yeah, if I had huggies, it could have been Pampers. We don't know. Could have been. You could have been. I don't know that I care. Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been it's been a lot because for, for me personally, the last few weeks have been crazy between doing my regular stay at home mom things. And I think everyone listening is probably aware of the fact I spend a lot of time online. That is like a full time content creator. I didn't really understand the term until it turned into my life. And uh, every other thing, you know, between cooking dinner and cleaning and playing and enriching their lives and now teaching my five year old how to read. She's she's doing so good at that and writing. Incredible. The amount of time I have spent with her making sure she can hold a pencil correctly. That's that's hard. Did you did you know that's a thing they learn in preschool is how to hold their pencil correctly? I didn't. I, I never went to preschool. Her. I didn't either. So, you know, it's new for all of us and it's it's been a lot. 
But I would say the biggest difference for me with all of this is that feeling like I am on the teacher's team more than I ever was. We are working together. I am talking to my kid's teacher every single day, whereas when I'm sending them on the bus to go to school, I'm only hearing from the teacher when I need to or say around parent-teacher conference time, whatever it may be. But now that we're doing this virtual learning, we are totally on a team and trying to figure these things out together, whether it's technical errors or one of my kids needs help with an assignment and I don't know how to help them. And so it's all of these weird nuances in the way that a teacher handles a classroom versus how I would handle my home. Are you like a one-man PTA? I kind of, yeah. I don't even know what the PTA cool. is, I honestly. Don't either. I don't I don't feel like I'd fit in there, so I've never explored the option. Well, when I was a little kid, we didn't do any of that. I never went to open house for school or anything like that ever. So I, I don't know what the PTA actually does other than cause they trouble fundraise. according to movies. Yes, movies do say that, but they do fundraise. They do a lot for the schools. Like the PTA is a great thing. It's just not a thing that I'm in. And... That's the thing, though. There are so many different things and organizations and people that have impact on our kids' lives, and they're not always going to handle children the same way. No, 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 no. Not even every parent is going to handle children in the same way. Not even our family. Like, you could have a cousin who's not going to handle their kids in the same way. Right. I mean, I have friends who parent differently than I do. Absolutely. But I think that kind of brings us to our topic for today. That's if you true. Wanna, if you want to share how we came about that, Jimothy. All right. So one of my favorite features with our podcast hosting platform, Anchor, is that if you go on our profile there, you can actually leave us a voice message. And this week we got one left by Sarah. I'll just drop her first name. I don't know if she wants our whole name yes. <laughs> listed on the podcast or not. But, but I loved her message and I really love hearing from all of you. So yes. please use the feature because it just it's it's like when you get a letter in the mail that's not bills. But you know, supporting us on Anchor actually kind of helps us pay the bills a little bit. <laughs> you know, we do have a monthly supporter on option on there. That's pretty cool. I'm not trying to give all these shameless plugs. I'm just letting you know if you go to our anchor page anchor.fm slash phantom hyphen family hyphen podcast you can leave voice messages much like sarah has done for us she left this great one here all about conflict resolution what we might do well should we listen for ourselves let's listen to sarah let's do the thing Hi, Tori and Jimothy. I'm so excited to send in a question. I have been listening to your podcast. I found Tori on TikTok quite some time ago during the pandemic, and I love their videos so much. So my question for you for the podcast is, how do you guys handle um, when your kids, teachers, educators have different styles of conflict resolution than you do in your own home? Um, I can imagine that there probably would be some differences in conflict resolution and discipline and the steps that need to be taken to correct behavior um, if there were to be a problem in the classroom or with another student, that sort of thing. I just wanted to know um, how you guys handle those types of situations. Thank you so much. I can't wait to listen to the next episode. Um, Keep doing what you're doing and do the thing. (laughs) Thank you, guys. She said, do the thing. Mm-hmm. She said, do- I love that. Thank you for that question. I think that's a really good question. And the thing is, when I first just think of this at face value, when we're talking about educators versus parenting, 
I think that there is a distinct difference in behavior resolution, conflict resolution, and it has to be that way, especially because when we are looking at a school setting, well, when I'm at home, I'm parenting three kids, but when a teacher is at school, they are dealing with up to 30, maybe more. We don't know. We don't so know. So there, there is a big difference that has to be there, whereas at home, I can take a more patient approach. I got time. I tell my kids that when when things are out of control or chaos is happening, I'll tell, like, I look at my kids, I say, it's okay. I have time. I can wait. And then I wait because I have time to do that. Now, in a school setting, they don't have time. They have 30 kids and so only so much time. If they need to stop a behavior quickly, they need to stop a behavior quickly. So I am comfortable with that conflict resolution looking differently as long as it's not abuse. As if it's appropriate. Yes. And, and that's really what it is. As long as it is appropriate and not abusive, I think that it is fine. And honestly, my kids have not had behavior problems at school. I mean, my youngest, or not my youngest, my youngest who is school age, who is entering kindergarten this year, we're doing it virtually, but she did get some time in actual preschool back in 2020. Yeah, like, a little bit, yeah. A little bit. Uh, she's also on the autism spectrum so her behavior is something that is discussed on her IEP and so that's something and that is that's an individual education plan probably I do that think is that's what, what it is, is. I, I you really put me on the spot there I know what an IEP was but I'm like I gotta explain the acronym I wanted you to make sure <laughs> that that you knew what it was and for anyone out there who might be thinking what's an IEP isn't yes. that that thing that that soldiers look out for no it is this so I'm just making was, sure okay um <laughs> no, uh, an IEP it is it is student child specific for their needs you set goals and it is focused on the things they need extra help with and for our autistic five-year-old she needs help with social emotional things which is one of the reasons i've actually developed the parenting that i have over the years because i learned a lot from her therapist and the needs she has required so much more emotionally from me that i had to figure out new ways to really reach her and so the thing is with with her i wasn't totally afraid of her behavior because I knew that she had the extra support she needed. I remember when she had started preschool, I, I picked her up one day and she had an incident report. And I was like, oh, okay, like what happened? And her teacher said, well, she got bit by another student. And I remember being very surprised that she was not the one who <laughs> was the biter. Yeah. I mean, she's very nervous. She's very shy. She's bit and, the heck out of me quite a few yeah, times. She, she stopped biting a few years ago. Yes. She went through a phase, which is really actually totally developmentally what child, normal. children do. And whether you're, whether you're talking about an autistic child or a neurotypical child, I think that's important, especially for new moms to hear because I, I do see a lot of people reach out and they say, well, my one-year-old, my two-year-old, my three-year-old, and it is your first child. And that is 100% normal for a parent who is new at parenting to go, is this normal? Like, I get it. I, I hear you. I see you. I feel for you. You're making, me, you're making me think of the memes of, oh, the first child, and it's all this extra safe, special stuff, like the kid's in basically like a Nerf outfit, <laughs> and then the second child, it's a little bit less, and then the third child has like Mountain Dew in its bottle. Honestly, though, I mean, I have not fed my kids Mountain Dew, but I think those memes are hilarious. 
at this point in my parenting because there there is a truth in that because when you first become a parent you have your first kid it's like what am I doing what how do I protect this innocent adorable little human I don't I don't know what I'm doing and I'm here to tell you that no matter how many kids you have you still don't know what you're doing but you do your best and that's what's important mm-hmm. parenting is just <laughs> it's just improv it is it's, it's improv with good intentions and the the thing is though with the biting thing uh, I kind of got on a tangent there but I I just wanted to make sure that that folks knew if they hear me talking about my autistic child biting that's not an autistic symptom and that you don't need to be concerned that suddenly you need to rush your kid to the pediatrician and I'm not saying you would but I know like some people are more nervous parents like me like you (laughs) I worry about everything anyway so again so with my with my five-year-old we have an IEP and so we know what things to watch out for for her and if it were to come to a thing where her behavior was poor towards her teachers or another student and they had to use some sort of discipline whether it be a timeout what have you I'm comfy with that because at that point my child is in their care and I know because I always I am the parent who might not be on the PTA but I know the teachers and I'm in communication and I'm not in communication to be like, my perfect little angel would never like there's a good chance my little angel would, you know, like they're <laughs> they're a human and they are not always going to make the best decisions. They're learning how to be good people. And, and that involves making mistakes and learning from them. So if if it came to a point where a teacher said, well, she was doing this today and we had to do this, I'm going to say, OK, thank you for letting me know, because when my child is out of my home, I teach my kids to respect the authority of those around them. But that also goes with something I've talked about before, where I want my kids to tell me if something makes them uncomfortable, if something makes them feel unsafe, or if someone says, don't tell your mom this. Because if an adult is asking a child to keep a secret, that sounds like a risky adult to me. And I also make sure to teach my kids the difference between a secret and a surprise, right? Because like, well, what about if it was a surprise? Well, that's that's a secret that has an end date. Uh, just, a, just an endless secret. Like, don't tell your mom this ever. Uh, probably tell me right away. Probably you're being taken advantage of. Something's uh, But I also, I've, I've encountered numerous teachers since being a parent, and they have all been incredibly lovely humans, and I trust them to discipline and handle consequences and the best way they see fit that works for their classroom and their sanity. So that's kind of how I look at school. Can I just say I am very thankful for all of the teachers that our kids have had because I had some teachers growing up in the 90s that if if I found out that the teachers did to these kids what my third grade teacher did to me, I would be going down there and I would be leaving in handcuffs because I am not that calm, re- reactional, nice person that, that you are who, who does conflict resolution with words, especially if I found out someone was hurting my kids. Well, you know? that's OK. But to be fair, I think you know this of me. If someone is hurting my kids, all bets are off. Mama bear. Yes, that is. Uh, I've had a lot of people say to me, like, do you ever get mad? Yeah. Like, try to try to hurt my kid. Watch. Just, just watch. Bet. Can I tell you how my third grade teacher conflict resoluted me? Yeah, actually, I would love to hear that. And and just for that sole purpose of I'm sure what you're going to tell me is something similar to what my brother dealt with when he was in grade school. I do think that the 90s on their own were this this weird time for 
children, both with their parents and their teachers. You know, we were the latchkey kids. We d- we didn't have parents around. We were left alone all the time. I wasn't. And, I, that maybe you. Well, maybe maybe not you, but that's where mm. that that idea of like I know the, where the latchkey term kids. Comes from, yeah. yeah. And working parents because their their yes. kids come home and they have to fend for themselves. So they have a TV dinner and they have right. you know after school specials on TV. Yes, exactly. But so I just He's feel under like the there was there was this different look towards children in the 90s where they were kind of an inconvenience. It was a different time. It was a different time and and It's not like the grandparents who walked uphill both ways because then, you know, the the, the tradition at that time, you know, you had the the father figure who worked and then you had the stay-at-home mom, the Susie homemaker, you know? So you that was a different time once everybody started working because of inflation and other political factors that we don't get into here. Uh, that's when you had to have kids start coming home to themselves to like their own empty houses and everything. So yeah, and I mean, I think it's unfortunate that I know a lot of parents who are stay-at-home parents because they can't afford childcare, and a lot of parents who have to work even though they want to be stay-at-home parents because they can't afford to stay at home and i did all drives me nuts but again that's we're getting off topic either way it was it definitely was a different time and i feel like the whole atmosphere of parenting and teacher child relations teacher student relations have changed and I'm very much welcoming this new era because I feel like it's just the value of a child is so much more celebrated now. And and I love that. But I want to hear your story. Sorry, we went way off topic there. It's unlike us. So anyway, my third grade teacher, I was – here's one story, the one that stands out. This is the number one that stands out in my mind. I had a calculator. And calculators are basically the same thing as they were back then. They've got the little screen on them that's reflective with the the solar panel thing on it, you know. And I was sitting in the back of the room because she had already set my desk next to hers because she hated me. No matter what I did, I used I would get in trouble for it. And it, it would be like big trouble that, that was not warranted. So like the day that I had my calculator sitting on my desk and the sunlight... It just sort of reflected up into her face, just where she was sitting. I wasn't even touching it. It just happened to be that's how the reflection went. So she saw that reflecting in her death on my desk, and you know she started yelling at me, telling me that I was trying to blind her and all of this. I'm like, I'm what? I'm just sitting here. So she she's trying to like grab me up out of my my chair to like take me out in the hall. And I'm like, I'm no, what are you doing? So she's literally got my arms pulling me in this desk across the floor, like in the desk and all, like out the door. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Yeah, no, she was terrible. And she like took me out in the hall and was like and, and like yelling at me and doing that thing that I'm sure your mom did this to you. I know my parental figures did it to me, but like where they take your face and they squeeze it. Oh, yeah, yeah, that messed up my jaw. My mom did that so often I have TMJD from it. Yeah, that'll happen. So she was doing that and because, like, I would say, I'm not doing it. And she would, like, squeeze my face and tell me, like, uh, you know, like, shut up. And, like, it's her classroom and all this stuff. And I think she there was one time she, like, actually, like, slapped me in the face when oh, I was out goodness. there. No, she was terrible. And I, I I don't know what happened to her now. I don't know. I don't, I don't care. I'm not going to say anything <laughs> negatively toward the lady. Uh, I just will keep those thoughts in my head, locked away. 
as they've been for some time now until I have opened them up and let you all hear this on this podcast. <laughs> but no, she she was terrible to me. She there were multiple times that she there was very very mean. There was a time that we had someone come into that classroom and they taught us how to make paper airplanes. They handed us out all this colorful construction paper. And they taught us how to make a paper airplane. And I was sitting close to a trash can. We were about to go outside for recess. And I took mine and I was done with it. You know, I didn't care anymore. So I took it and I threw it into the trash can from like two feet away downward into a trash can. And then she started screaming at me saying that I was flying the the, the airplanes in the classroom and that I shouldn't be doing that and was was screaming her head off at me and told me I wasn't going outside and I was going to wait there and she was going to go get the principal. And I was like, I I literally just threw it away. It's in the trash can right now. You know, I was like, okay, I'll just explain this to him when he comes over. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sitting there for like 20 minutes waiting. I'd picked the tra- the airplane back up out of the, the thing and I refolded it in a different way and then I was bored with it again. So I just wadded it up and threw it back into the trash. Finally, like it's been like 20 minutes. Recess is probably close to being over. And sh- uh, she didn't come over, but he did. So mm-hmm. he was like, oh, she said you were flying airplanes. And I told him what happened. I was like, yeah, we had someone come in and, ex- and they showed us how to make paper airplanes. And I threw it away when we were on our way out to play. Like, I literally was just walking to the trash can and I threw it away and she started yelling at me. He was like, well, where is it? I said, it's just, it's in the trash can. I said, I picked it up and wadded it up and threw it away. <laughs> like, it's it's there. I'm like, see all the ones on these people's desks? Like, they kept theirs. I didn't want mine because I know how to make these. So I threw it away. And he was like, all right, well, why don't you go ahead and run along and play? So I don't know if, if he was just like, oh, my God, this lady again. I bet it was. I bet as an adult it was. But when you're a kid, that's very traumatizing. And I think, honestly, you telling this story right now goes to show how much how we speak to our kids and what we do really makes a difference in their adult life. I mean, you're, what, 36 years old. We, and, I mean, that's not important. <laughs> and this is when you were eight. So how many years ago was that, Jim? Math. Math yeah, years. Just, a number. It was, it was at least a quarter century ago, and I remember it like it was yesterday. And and that's honestly, that's trauma. It's terrifying. That's and, trauma. And that is the risk we take if we can't take a breath before handling children, right? And the fact because that- Because we don't get to decide what they remember. Yeah, and the fact that I wasn't allowed to respond at all. I just had to shut up and be quiet. No, you're going to listen to me while I tell you all this that terrible stuff. That sounds like my mom. Was your third grade teacher my mom? No. <laughs> oh, I guess they were just friends. I don't know. They might have and, been pen pals because it was the 90s. Honestly. But that's the thing that I consider, too, because I don't believe, I like to think that that kind of thing wouldn't happen in today's world. But at the same time, we know that in several places in the United States, it's actually legal to still use corporal punishment in schools. I believe it actually might be legal here in Kentucky. What I do? To like strike your children. It it can be, but you have to. And this is something that I do. I read the student teacher parent handbook that you get in the beginning of the year i read that because that will let you know if that is even a possibility in the school and if it's a possibility you can sign petitions or protest or do whatever you want to do there are ways to tell people to come to the year 2021 uh now a lot of schools it might even be legal but that doesn't mean they use it but that's something that i know of and it freaks me out and uh if someone dare lay a hand on my child i'd be laying a hand on them yep i am a very nonviolent person but if you hit a child uh i just it I don't think there's ever an excuse for it. If you are three times someone's size, 
or more or less. I don't care. It's a child. Don't be mean to kids. Yeah, don't rule out the <laughs> underdog bullies out there. There uh, yeah. are tiny bullies. <laughs> Look at our middle child. She bullies me constantly. What? How did you talk about? I'm talking. <laughs> oh, are you saying because she can be mean? Yeah, you said don't. You said there's no excuse to hit anybody. You said I don't care if you're three times their size, or or smaller. It doesn't matter. I said, hey, she she bullies the crap out of me. She she okay, will constantly but, come after me. But then she'll punch to, me and she'll smile. To be clear, though, what he's saying this, she's not some belligerent misbehaving child. The two of them uh, have a ongoing battle for our AEW wrestling belt. Hey, if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. <laughs> and she knows so, that. Yeah. So when she bullies him, it's really for the belt where I'm always the ref who's sitting on the sidelines panicking. Please just stop. Just stop pretending to wrestle. Well, Please stop. I will say the sweetest thing is that if anybody ever gets hurt, which usually is me. Uh, then any of the kids will stop and be like, "Daddy, are you okay?" I'm like, and they kiss your boo boo immediately. Yeah, they're they're like they, they understand very... that we are just roughhouse playing, like we're and not actually is... trying to hurt each other. One of the things that like I've noticed in the stark contrast when we talk about different co- modes of conflict resolution in parenting. When I was a kid, my brother and I were horrible to each other because we lived in this toxic environment. We were being raised in this toxic environment that was violent and abusive and toxic. I said toxic too many times. Did Either you know way, it was toxic. We had so much trouble existing in peace together. And now as adults, we get along really well. And seeing our children who just love each other so much and they are so worried if one of them trips and stubs their toe if some if they're roughhousing and someone accidentally gets hurt there's no continuing like don't be a baby there's an immediate stop and check on your sister yep. and i think that's beautiful and i mean tonight at dinner you saw that we we had spaghetti and meat sauce for dinner tonight. Yes, and I was trying to get my three year old to to try it because she's not super into spaghetti because the noodles they're long and she just she's not into it. And my nine year old looked at her and got creative. She's like, "Do you remember when we were doing go noodle earlier and we had to pretend to catch the meatballs? We'll pretend the little pieces of meat are like those meatballs you were catching." So she is just hopping in with this creativity to support her sister, and and I think that goes to like speak volumes about like this atmosphere that we are purposefully curating in our home despite the past traumas we both have yeah so i mean i don't know how we always end up on these weird side tangents but yeah so when it comes to the conflict resolution with things like school so long as it's not abusive i am fine with it and it's also because of this communication I've created with my kids. If some sort of conflict resolution happened in school that they were uncomfy with, I would fully expect my kiddo to come home and be like, this happened today and I don't know how I feel about it or I feel bad about it or whatever the case may be because they know I'm going to listen and they know I'm there for them. I, I don't, I, I, this is going to be the biggest suspenseful thing ever, but I had a really big deal happen with my oldest kid at school once, and I'm not going to give you any details on it because it is her story to tell, but something happened and she came home and immediately was like, mom, I need to talk about this. Something is wrong. And I had to go and call 50 people and do all this stuff. And it was in this way that she didn't hesitate because something made her uncomfortable and she needed me to know about it. And she trusted me to take care of that. And so I'm not going to go fight my kids' battles and be like, why did you tell them to go to timeout? Like, no, that's fine. Like, if that's how you need to handle that in that situation, that's okay because you're not in our home. And so that's typically how I navigate things is that when you are home with us, we are going to handle things this way. But when you are not with us and you are with another adult, you need to 
respect the surroundings and the rules of where you're at. But again, like we don't typically have behavior problems. Yeah, we we've got they they we fight kids with who each act other. Like kids, we yeah. we do have kids who act like kids because they're children. But that's typical children behavior. It's not malicious. It's not belligerent. It's not out of control. It's child behavior and it's not something they're typically going to be disciplined on besides maybe a teacher saying hey it's not time to talk right now yeah and you know the the thing is if i had come home and told you know my parental figures that that had happened to me at school today like oh you know i got taken out the hall my face got all squished and did all this but i would have been told well, what were you doing to not listen to her? Why Why were you acting like that? What were you doing? That's that's what it would have been for me. It, it literally would have been a, well, you were probably being a little hellion. Yeah. So what? why Why were you acting like that? What were you doing that caused you to get in trouble? You right. know? So I, I, and I feel like if our kids came home and said, hey, this happened, it would be like, who are they to touch you like this? And and I would agree, but I would also say that I wouldn't just immediately go to the school and like, you know, go crazy. What I would do is I would sit and ask them for their full story and not in a way that like, I don't believe you, but in a way of, can you tell me everything that happened? Because when I go to the school, and this is something that like, you know, with me just in general as a person, I don't typically handle situations when I am so red with anger that I am not thinking clearly. And so I need all the details so I can fully understand, so I can fully execute a plan and solution. Well, yeah, we do that with the kids now because, you know, one of them will come up and say, oh, she hit me. So I'll bring the other one in and say, why did you hit her? What was going on here? And then it'll come out like, oh, because she kicked me and took this away from me. Oh, so you were reacting to something that you did. Yeah, and I think it's funny because- you left that part out. This is one of those things where we would probably use different language, but we are searching for the same thing. Because I'm never like, well, what did you do? I'm always like, can you tell me the story? Yeah, you're like, paint me a word picture. Paint me a word picture. Explain to me the last 10 minutes. I'm like a detective of of my children. Like, okay, you say this happened. You say it happened. All right, I hear you. I hear you. So you go ahead. You tell me the whole story. You tell me everything you know, okay? You're you're like the the kids Columbo. You're like, "Ah, but one thing's not adding up. Who had the teddy bear first? (laughs) Honestly, I'm like, okay, okay. Like, let me hear about the teddy bear. Okay, yeah, you're upset. Okay, all right, I hear you. I hear now you it's your turn. I heard your story. Now you need to take a seat. You can hold that teddy bear while you wait. Let me talk to your sister. Let me talk to her. Let's talk. Let's talk to her. But this basically I think this is one of the reasons that our kids do well when they're when they're in other situations with other folks is because they're so used to this heavy communication household. And I fully expect someday, like, I complain about my parents. I'm like, oh, they were, like, toxic and abusive. And I fully expect one day my kids to be like, my mom wanted to talk about everything. Oh, my God. My mom never like, stopped they, talking. They never stopped. Like, they were like, let's just keep talking about it. Like, that's fine. They I didn't. get it. I, I sympathize <laughs> with them. I understand. I like to talk. That's why I have a podcast. That's why we have a podcast. That's why we have a podcast. But... The other thing, too, that I wanted to bring up with this question is that, and and again, this is something I don't often touch on in detail uh, because I do respect my co-parents' privacy, but my oldest daughter, she, she does have a second set of parents, and when my daughter goes and stays with them, which can be like a month at a time, we always talk about it like beforehand. I'm like, remember, your, your dad 
and your other mom, they run their house differently and you make sure that you're respectful of them. And and we've never had a problem. Like we have a good communication and co-parenting, but at the same time, I don't expect them to be the same way that we are. And they're good parents. And knowing that they're good parents, like they can handle things differently than I do. And that's fine. You know, it, it's just about that communication on all fronts. And so I guess like when we're talking about how do I handle when other people do conflict resolution or discipline differently. It's really just about any person I'm going to leave my kids with, I am going to have a good enough like working relationship with that we're going to be on the same page when it comes to discipline. Will we discipline the same way? No, no but can never. we can we communicate about things that might need to be disciplined or problems that have happened? Absolutely. Yes. And that's the important part. Like I'm not going to send my kids somewhere where I don't trust the person. So if it's a family member watching my kids, well, they know my boundaries. So even if they are going to handle things differently, they know that, especially with family, like they know if my, my family, like Jim's family, my family, they know if they were to lay a hand on my kid, like you don't have access to my kid anymore, period. <laughs> like that's You might not have access it. to the hand you laid on them anymore. <laughs> honestly, honestly. But so that's kind of it. So differences in discipline is fine as long as it's not abusive. And, and that involves emotional abuse too you're not going to talk down to my kid you're not going to make my kid feel like they are worthless or small or anything negative like if their behavior is bad we can talk about that behavior but our kids are wonderful people who should be celebrated and they are no less than because they are small and new at being people so that's just kind of across the board i know we talked a lot about kind of corporal punishment and that sort of physical discipline but it really goes (laughs) it really goes to the entirety of that spectrum of what abuse could be as long as we're not seeing those behaviors i am never going to argue with it because i am not in control of other people i'm only in control of me and so i do my best to make sure my kids are good people who are behaving well and probably we're not going to run into these situations but in the chance that we are then I want to make sure that the other people are going to communicate with me and that my kids feel comfy communicating with me because I know like sometimes the problem really is that your child comes home and says, I got in trouble and I don't think I did anything wrong, but no one would listen to me. At that point, I will listen to my child and then I will do the same thing I would do between my two kids. I'm going to hear my kid's story and then I'm going to go to the teacher. Hey, uh, you want to tell me your whole side of the story? Uh, because I'm a detective. Yeah. I just, I want the full side. I'm never the accusatory type. I want to hear all sides. Mrs. Applebee's, paint me a word picture here. <laughs> so she says that she was coloring and minding her own business when all of a sudden you came over hollering. What's up with that? What's up with that, Mrs. Applebee? Is this Applebee? accurate? You, what, what, What's what, going what's on this? with that? All right. Oh, you say, you say that little Jimmy said that she took his purple crayon. She might have done that. Purple's her favorite color, but did you get both sides of the story? Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. I don't know that we would actually be good kid detectives because we think... would just be laughing while we're trying to do anything. We'd be just be scribbling in our notepads. <laughs> I would just be drawing pictures of magnifying glasses <laughs> because I don't own one. The amount of times that I've been trying to like be serious, I have this thing. I have this thing with me where I have a really hard time being serious. Uh, I I'm a nervous laughter type. And the second things get serious, I get giggly. Like, I could be crying. Like, Jim knows I cry a lot. Uh, It's fine. (laughs) I could be, like, crying and at the same time laughing. Like, why am I crying right now? This is silly. That's true. (laughs) 
That's true. And so, like, sometimes I'm trying to, like, be stern and serious with the kids, and I'm like, you can't do that. And then they're just, like, my kids, and I love them, and I'm like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so cute. They're so cute. I know how to be serious though. I just I sometimes I'll tuck around the corner and I'll just like recenter myself and come back and I'm like, see, I'm still serious. I am always the stern stoic one with the children. But honestly, I'll tell you though, like sometimes I really want to be serious, but maybe I giggle and then they start giggling and that has broken the tension and now we can have a productive conversation. Like so for me, yes. I don't always care about how we get to the communication, but the communication is always the goal. Exactly. That's communication is key. Communication is key. That would make a great t-shirt. I don't know that anyone would ever buy it, but it would feel good to see. Yeah. Communication is key. Or a coffee mug. Do the thing. Do the thing. Do the thing. Which is communication. Yeah. Probably putting this thing to bed. I hope we answered that question well. I hope we did answer that well. If you have your own questions, if you've got ideas for topics or anything like that, please do feel free to drop by our Anchor page. You can leave a voice message for us on there. You might get to hear yourself on the show just like Sarah. Uh, You can always tweet at us. You can hit us up on... Patreon we were talking about, that's still eventually... Still forthcoming, so no point in I forgot about it until uh, we started. Uh, oh, I remembered it. It's just I, it's I, forthcoming. I'm busy and tired. Yeah. So let's talk about the things we do have. Like <laughs> uh, the, you can uh, find me on TikTok at Tori Phantom, Tori.Phantom on Instagram, Tori Phantom on Twitter, Tori Phantom on Facebook. I'm Tori Phantom everywhere. And if you find me, you can find Jim too. I am Jim Beard on TikTok, Jimmy Nips on Instagram, K N I P P S. The K is silent. K is silent. We do have, we have some a pod- happening. We have a podcast branded Twitter. At Phantom Family. That's pretty simple, pretty easy. We can usually post links and things like that on there. And it's we not want to too, hear from all of you. It's not too active, but you know you can reach out to us on there. We'll eventually see it. Uh, what am I on? Jimmy on the air on Twitter. That's mine. As you said, you're what? Tori Phantom yeah. on Twitter. We're, we're working on We're going there. to come up with a better plan to tell you all the places you can find us because this was a lot of words. We have a lot of links. We should just concise it all down to just Tori phantom.com and put it all right there so that way you can get i do have a website toryphantom.com so i can log in and edit that any day now i just right. don't have time we will <laughs> we will make the we're gonna make it better guys you know we're working on it let's put these put these we're kiddos doing, to bed yeah, let's and let's, to bed. let's let's do some work put it to bed we're, we're, we're stressing people all out right. all right good good night guys all right good night hey, listen night. listen i'm gonna tuck you in i know you love your new I, possum blanket I we're gonna just, tuck you in i you i why did you bring the blanket upstairs like you could have left it we can leave the water by the sink just we can get it later if you're it's too late for it's juice. Very it's late. not good. You no, just brush your teeth. I'm not giving you chocolate milk and graham crackers. I love you. Right, good night. I love Sweet you. Dreams. Daddy loves you. Sweet dreams. Daddy loves you.